Greetings to all of you at Center Street Church. I want to take this opportunity to wish you all a, a joy-filled, Christ-centered, blessed New Year. <laughs> you know, on this uh, very first, uh, first worship service weekend of the year, I want to welcome all of us here at Center Campus, as well as those joining us from our uh, campus in Bearspa, Bridgeland, Airdrie, and South Calgary. I also want to welcome our online viewers as well. So here's the million-dollar question. Uh, what does the new year, 2022, have in store for us? It's the object of much discussion in the media, TV shows, news publications and magazines, those into astrology and horoscopes, and even at family dinner tables. All of us are wondering, after two back-to-back -back challenging years, are things going to turn around this year? I read in a global survey that was conducted in 33 countries, about 77% of people are hoping and confident that 2022 is going to be a better year than 2021. <laughs> There's a lot of optimism mixed with fears and uncertainties. Now, I'm not a prophet by the strict definition of the word. I can't foretell the future. I know in some Christian circles there are prophetic messages on what to expect for the year, but that's not my focus for today. My focus is that we will be faithful to the task of biblical preaching to help us to face the year confidently and live out our mission as disciples of the Lord Jesus. That never changes. The goal is to help us foster an unshakable faith, no matter what the year is going to be like. The year will have its ebbs and flows, but our relationship with God ought to be the constant, something that keeps us anchored and stable. As I prayed and asked the Lord what I should be preaching in this opening message of the year, I sensed the Lord leading me to this passage of Scripture in the book of Jeremiah. Jeremiah ministered in the southern kingdom of Judah. And those were perilous times. The nation continued in its uh, downward spiral, and people were spiritually rebellious. As Judah failed to heed the prophetic warnings, the nation fell into the hands of Babylon. The book of Jeremiah is full of indictments and threats of judgment. But there are also words of comfort and optimism. Jeremiah's words seem quite fitting as we look to the start of a new year. The text I'm going to be preaching from today is Jeremiah chapter 17, verses 5 to 8. And if you're physically able, I'm going to ask you to stand as we honor the reading of God's Word. Jeremiah chapter 17, verses 5 to 8. This is what the Lord says, cursed is the one who trusts in man, who draws strength from mere flesh, and whose heart turns away from the Lord. That person will be like a bush in the wastelands. They will not see prosperity when it comes. They will dwell in the parched places of the desert in a salt land where no one lives. But blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord whose confidence is in him. 
they will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. Would you pray with me? Lord, at the start of a new year, we are surrounded by all kinds of voices. But today we want to be in tune with your voice. Be discerning of what you have to say to us. That we will hear from you a word that will help us to uh, receive direction for the year. That what we hear from you will influence how we live this year. And we know, Lord, this cannot happen in our strength. So we look to you. Come and minister to us in the power of your spirit and personalize this message for us. We pray this in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. You all may be seated. There are two fundamental ways of living life. You either live for yourself, trusting in your own human resources, or you live for Christ by placing your entire confidence in Him. All the decisions we make in life will flow out of that one decision, who you're living for. Every major and minor choices of life flow out of that one choice. A prophet, Jeremiah, offers us a contrast by placing two lifestyles side by side. Now, on the one hand is a, a person who puts their confidence in humans and they live for themselves an isolated life. And the other person lives all out for God by placing their trust in Him. Now, that is the choice ahead of us this year. As much as we want to know what the year holds, a far more important question is, where is your confidence? And who are you trusting to meet the challenges of a new year? When you look at the original context of the words we read from the Bible, this is Jeremiah speaking to the southern kingdom of Judah. The Babylonian empire was all set to conquer Judah. God was going to use the Babylonians to discipline his people for their persistent spiritual rebellion. Now, they had turned their backs on God and were walking in their own ways. Faced with an ominous military threat, the people of Jeremiah's time looked for human help. They were trying to make alliances with foreign nations. They were placing their confidence in their own army, their military and financial resources to save them. In light of an impending disaster that was coming upon them, rather than beseeching God for help, the nation of Judah looked to themselves and their fellow humans for help. To such people who were so self-reliant, Jeremiah pronounced God's curse. So verse 5, Jeremiah 17, it says, this is what the Lord says. Cursed is the one who trusts in man, who draws strength from mere flesh, and whose heart turns away from the Lord. 
Now, I don't think God directly curses a person. Instead, he gives us the choice to choose between a life of blessing or the opposite. The decision is ours. There are some actions on our part that will incur a curse by way of consequences. A text says, cursed is the one who trusts in humans. The word used for the one who trusts denotes a person of influence. This is a person of influence who thinks they are resourceful and they place their confidence in mere human strength to find their way out of their problems. That person, Jeremiah says, is cursed. For the more we rely on ourselves, the less we will rely on God, and consequently, our heart will depart from the Lord. That is living under a curse because we have walked away deliberately from the protective cover of God over our life. It is the consequence of our failure to trust God and instead placing our faith in humans. Now, this message is so relevant for our day and age where we live. For we've made many advancements in technology, science, education, and we consider ourselves as fairly sophisticated people. We got it all, figured it all, we know it all. No problem is too overwhelming, no challenge is too lofty. With our human resources and strength, we can accomplish a lot, or so we think. A few months ago, when we had the Calgary mayor elections, it was fascinating to see the long list of people eyeing for the job. People from all kinds of background were feeling confident that they can be the city's next mayor. Now, I was looking at the candidates' responses to various questions on a news website, and all the candidates were asked, name a Calgarian you admire and why. And this is how one of the mayoral candidates responded. I admire myself. Because I'm a young man with great ideas. Wow. Of all the people you admire yourself, you must be one heck of a guy. All you need, bud, is a wife to correct your inflated view of self. (laughs) Self-reliance not only takes you away from God, but it leads to self-worship. To such resourceful people who really rely on themselves, God has a word of warning. He says here in our text in verse 6, that person will be like a bush in the wastelands. They will not see prosperity when it comes. They will dwell in the parched places of the desert in a salt land where no one lives. The person who is sophisticated and self-reliant, who lives for his or her own pleasure, is like a, a shrub or a bush in the desert. They may survive for a while, but they don't bear fruit. More importantly, they don't benefit anyone else. Their life simply doesn't serve God's purposes. What good is a bush in a wasteland? 
It just occupies space, but never really nourishes anyone. Such a person, by way of their choice, has chosen an isolated life, a self-reliant life. And from a worldly point of view, they may have everything seem like they are a model of success. But deep inside, in reality, they are dry, empty, lonely, and their life is wasted. Hear me. A self-centered life is a wasted life. Christian author James Bryan Smith, in his book, The Good and Beautiful Life, speaks of a time when he did an internship in a retirement center as a chaplain. He talks about uh, going to visit an elderly man in his room. This man sat in his uh, rocker, gray hair, well-trimmed beard, and a very serious look. And this old man wanted to confess to having lived a bad life. And these were his words in quotes. The man says, I was born in... 1910, I made my first million by 1935. I was 25 years old. By the age of 45, I was the richest person in my state. Politicians wanted to be my friend. I lied, cheated, and stole from whoever I could. My motto was simple, take all you can from whoever you want. I amassed wealth, and everyone was impressed with me. I had a lot of power in those days. I had 2,000 employees, all looked up to me and were afraid of me. Money was all I cared about. I had three wives, all of who left me because of neglect or because they caught me in one of my many affairs. I have one daughter who's now in her 40s, but she refuses to speak to me. And after a pause, the old man continued, I suppose you could say that I ruined my life because today I have nothing really. Oh, I still have a lot of money, a lot more than I could spend, but that brings me no joy. I have nothing but bad memories. I cared about no one in my life, and now no one cares about me. Sobering words. Yet how many people in this world live with such deep regrets in the last stages of their life? And that is a clear example of what Jeremiah is talking about in our text, referring to someone who has lived for their own self, relied on their own abilities, placed their confidence in human resources. And such a person in their own estimate has nothing of lasting value, even though it appears they have everything on the outside. So don't waste this year by living selfishly and relying on your own resources. For you will end up shriveled and dry, and your life will never fulfill all of God's 
purposes. As we look at a new year, one of the first things we need to acknowledge is our dependence upon the Lord and doing everything His way. This is the time to say from our hearts, Lord, we need you. We can do it in our own strength. We don't have the power to put an end to this pandemic. We don't have the ability to safeguard our economy and our jobs. We can't rely on ourselves for good health. We are desperately dependent on you. I tell you, that is a very good place to be at. Because that is an attitude the Lord commends. For what does he say in our text in verse 7? But blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. Now, unlike the other person who is self-reliant and resourceful, uh, this person, in contrast, relies on the Lord and places their confidence in him. And such a person is blessed. And the blessing of God is what makes all the difference in our lives. The self-reliant person, by virtue of their choice, has walked away from the protective cover of God over their life. But the one who trusts in the Lord is blessed by way of their faith and confidence in God. They come under the protective banner of God's blessing. The blessing of God is talking about the divine favor of God over a person's life. The favor of God is what God does for you that you or no human being can do for yourself. It is the supernatural hand of God upon your life. And this is not about acquiring material things, getting more stuff from God. This is asking God to demonstrate His unlimited goodness in your life so you can be a blessing to others. Now, who doesn't want the goodness of God to be lavished upon our lives? And God delights in blessing his people and showing the goodness of his character to us because that is who he is, a good father whose nature is to bless. So such a person who has the favor of the father is blessed, satisfied, content. They are truly happy. It's referring to a, a deep sense of inner well-being, not just abundant material possessions. A blessed person may not have all of those things that the world values, but they have a quality of life that only Jesus can bring. It is life abundant and full, overflowing with the God, Lord's goodness. Now, text says, blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord. A fundamental way of expressing our trust and dependence upon the Lord is through prayer. If you're not a prayerful person, if you pray less, that may be a good indicator that you're being self-reliant. Prayer is primarily a declaration of our dependence upon the Lord. And that is why, as the church this week, we are setting apart a, a week of fasting and prayer. It is our way of saying, God, we are 
desperately dependent on you. At the beginning of the new year, we are declaring, God, we as a church, we are not smart enough, clever enough, resourceful enough to do ministry in our own strength, to take on the challenges of a new year. We can't fulfill our vision and mission as a church through human efforts alone. We need you, Lord, to give us wisdom and insight in all of our endeavors because apart from you, we can accomplish nothing of significance. Now, when you join in prayer this week and pray for your families, you're saying there are not enough marriage and parenting books on this planet to help our family situation. And instead, you are confessing your dependence on the Lord and asking for the Lord's blessing upon your family. You're saying, Lord, we need your favor. We can't do this without you. Would you bless our marriage? Would you bless our children and keep them in the right path? Would you provide for all of our needs according to your riches and glory in Christ Jesus? And I want to challenge you not to dismiss the importance of this week in the life of our church. For if we fail as a church in this area of prayer, we will fail in every other area. But if we express our dependence upon the Lord through prayer, then we can be expectant, anticipate a move of God and trust Him to do what He alone can do. Amen? Here is a promise from God. I don't know what the year holds, but on the authority of God's word, you can claim this promise for you and your family. Look at verse 8. They, this is those who trust in the Lord, who place their confidence in him, they will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. That's a great promise for us to cling to. The words here are identical to Psalm 1, where the psalmist draws a a contrast between the righteous and the wicked. Jeremiah says in our text, Unlike the shrub that just grows randomly in a dry, deserted place, the ones who place their confidence in God are like a tree that has been planted. The tree has been planted strategically in the right location by the gardener who cares for the tree's well-being. So that tells us God is involved in the lives of all those who trust in him. And this is a confidence that you can take with you at the start of a new year. Our God is not distant and far, but he is involved in all of the details of our life. Now notice the location. Where is the tree planted? It's planted by streams of water. Its roots extend deep into the soil that is well watered. A tree with roots that extend deep down has been firmly planted. 
for the deeper the roots go, the stronger the tree will be. That tree is unshakable. Even when the elements of weather threaten, the tree stands firm and secure because of its strong foundation. Now, in the same way, a Christian who is firmly planted and has a, a close, intimate relationship with the Lord, when the Lord is the source of our existence and the foundation of our life, we have been firmly planted and we can withstand whatever this year may bring. That is the need of the hour. The need of the hour is for Christians who are strong and rooted in their faith, unshakable in their convictions, passionate in living out God's purposes for our generation. So how do we let our roots go deep? How do we access the presence of God in our life? It is through spiritual disciplines. The purpose of spiritual disciplines in the Christian life is to send the roots deep down, to keep us in tune with the Spirit. Without those disciplines, we will not be able to withstand life's adversities. The discipline of meditating on the Word of God, spending quiet times in God's presence helps you to remain in touch with the source. As I start off this new year, one of the areas I want to grow intentionally is learning to practice the presence of God. And in the past, I started my day with my quiet times, and then I got on with my day. By mid-afternoon, I've forgotten what I had read and reflected in the morning. The activities of the day, the busyness of the day takes over, and what I read and meditated in the morning recedes to the back of my mind. So one of the things I want to do differently this year is to consciously pause in the middle of the day to reflect once again what God spoke to me in the morning. And that is a small way of allowing God to guide, direct, and influence the latter part of my day rather than relying on my own resourcefulness. It's a simple way of ensuring my roots are connected to the source and I'm constantly being replenished by the Lord's presence. Now, I'm just saying that to encourage you. Start your day in the presence of God and pause once or twice in the middle of your day to bring back to mind what you heard from God in the morning. You will be amazed to see how this simple spiritual discipline can help you stay centered on God all through the day. Yet another spiritual discipline that helps you to be firmly planted for your roots to go deep down is the commitment to the local church. Nobody, nobody can live the Christian life in isolation. The image of the gardener planting the tree is a good one. It shows the gardener intentionally plants you in the community of God's people. You belong to a local church, and God wants you to actively engage in 
all aspects of church life. You're using your spiritual gifts to serve one another and build one another up. You are involved in the vision and mission of the church. You're giving of your time and your financial resources to the work of the church. So if you belong to Center Street Church, it is time to start letting your roots go deep down and be all in this year. Last October, Pastor Henry gave a, a vision address for our church, and he talked about our five pursuits. He challenged us to keep growing in our faith by seeking the Lord in prayer and using the stepping out in faith handout to establish a faith goal for each of our five pursuits. Now you can watch that sermon on our website under, under the vision address. So if you're part of Center Street Church, this is what we are collectively engaged in. Pursuing God, pursuing disciple-making relationships, pursuing His mission, pursuing generosity, and pursuing simplicity. So you, as members of Center Street Church, are committing to be in this together and make these personal pursuits of your own life. Now, if I'm honest with you, one of the challenges of online worship experience is minimal commitment, a lack of belonging. It can easily become superficial. You need to be firmly planted in a local church that God leads you to. And if God has planted you here at Center Street Church, then be all in. Let your roots go deep, for that is how you constantly hear from God and your life is being shaped and molded by your participation in the church's life. And when the spiritual disciplines of your life help you to be firmly grounded in Christ, our text highlights two things that you and I can hold on to that are precious. Look at verse 8. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. And here's the first thing. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. And here's the second thing. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. So that is a byproduct of abiding in Christ. When you are rooted in Christ, when you are firmly planted, you have no fears and no worries. Now you tell me, isn't that a great way to live? It really doesn't matter what the year is going to bring. Whatever uncertainties may be surrounding us, things that we cannot control, we don't have to fear or be anxious. Because we are representatives of a different kingdom, and we can live confidently as a result of that. We serve a kingdom that cannot be shaken. So when you have developed a, a strong root system, and you're firmly planted, you're constantly nourished and replenished by the presence of God. And when we are in tune with God's presence, here's the assurance, we can stay fresh even in the heat. Your leaves don't wither, and you remain 
evergreen. See, Jesus does not promise to shield you from the tough seasons of life, but he promises to be with you in those seasons, and nothing can separate you from his presence. When adversity knocks on our door, when uncertainties prevent us from seeing the future, when circumstances around us don't look all too pretty, we are still renewed on the inside by virtue of our location, our proximity to God. So fear and anxiety may dominate and dictate the minds of the world around us, but they don't overwhelm us as God's people because we are sustained by His presence. Fed and nourished by streams of water, a tree that is firmly planted never ceases to bear fruit. Bearing fruit in all seasons of life is God's will for you. In good times, difficult times, young age, old age, really doesn't matter. God wants you to be fruitful in all seasons of your life. And being fruitful is all about demonstrating the character qualities of Jesus. We looked at it in our sermon series on the fruit of the Spirit. This is a life that demonstrates the blessing of God, the favor of God, a quality of life that is attractive and irresistible. And as citizens of God's kingdom, our faith is not contingent upon what the year holds, but we resolve to demonstrate the fruit of the Spirit the character qualities of Jesus, of spiritual maturity, no matter what the year may bring. Now that is a New Year's resolution worth pursuing. And it is also the path to a truly blessed life. 